Hello. Save the king. <laughs> Is it new music? Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Pod save the king. Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined in a very, very warm London studio by our royal editor, Russell Myers. How are you? I'm all right. I thought you were about to say in person, in like, person. like a game show or something, because we are reunited we once are, again. We are, which very... is lovely. And nicer to do it last time we did this. It wasn't in particularly nice circumstances, because obviously we were discussing the Queen's death and the I funeral know. plans. Yeah, nice so it's nicer to do it and have fun things to talk about. We have a lot good. of fun things on the agenda, definitely. How's your week been? It's been rather good. I've just been to the US Embassy because we've got a, a US mini tour coming Ooh. up, one would assume, or certainly a visit because uh, the Earthshot Prize is coming up in Lovely. Boston, which we know about. So I'm getting all prepared for that. Um, it's been looking looking ahead, I'm trying to do, because we, that's, I feel that there's very much an opportunity to, to look forward, um, apart from the country sort of uh, imploding, which <laughs> most people will be uh, not focus on watching that. from afar, I think. But um, but of course, it's had that sort of perfect marriage once again of um, royalty and politics because we've seen the king welcoming his second prime minister. But we'll come on to that in a mo. We will. Now, please ask me how my week's been because please, it's something yes. I want to show off about. Yes, I did. Well, how has your week been? I was just about to. Well, funny you should ask because I was lucky enough to go to the Pride of Britain Awards this week. So this Super is run cool. by The Mirror along with TSB and ITV. And it's an amazing award ceremony every year which celebrates the kind of inspiring brave fantastic uh, people in Britain and I've gone and worked it several times before but somehow managed to blag an invite this year so I got to sit on a table and enjoy it all as a guest you are basically a celebrity lovely. now this is, know, this is well. it I mean, you'll be on Love Island next or I'm a celeb or, I did you know. so I saw I saw Mary Berry saw Michael Sheen uh, who else did I see Love uh, Island lot obviously yep Big Watford fan, so Troy Deeney, I was very oh, excited about. I saw about. your picture that was with Troy. I was wondering the connection, and yeah. I did remember you're from North London. Yes. So. Uh, so that was really fun. And obviously a part of this, which is how I'm going to shamelessly bring this into a royal line, <laughs> but there was a message from King Charles in it, which was really, really lovely to hear. Um, so he couldn't be there in person, but he sent a... Yeah, I nearly got to tick my box of meeting a royal, but unfortunately yes. he couldn't make it, which was a shame. But he sent a message in uh, for one of the awards, because uh, obviously through this is through his work through the Prince's Trust. Um, and this was for the Prince's Trust Young Achiever Award, which went to Alex Anderson, who is an amazing guy who's got Asperger's syndrome. Uh, and he joined the RAF and it was so good to hear his journey and it actually got so it was him talking about how he had originally been told he wasn't allowed to join the RAF and then they kind of cut to this clip of they how they changed the rules to allow people with Asperger's in and in his uniform and it got a huge cheer from Amazing. the whole room and it was really lovely so the king sent a message uh, he is an inspirational story of triumph over adversity that shows uh, how courage, hard work can make even the most impossible dream come true. That he has done so in the face of so many obstacles is more than commendable. I am enormously proud of the part the Prince's Trust has played in helping him achieve his ambition to serve our nation, which I thought was really lovely. I mean, I've worked on the Pride of Britain Awards before uh, many, many moons ago, <laughs> more years than I could care to remember. But... Um, 
the, the the association with the Prince's Trust has gone back, you know, the 20 years of the Pride of Britain. And the fact that uh, the Prince of Wales and now the King is still has that association not only with, of course, the Prince's Trust, but the um, but the awards is is really, really special. And it's something that uh, has, has come to be synonymous with that evening, I think. And certainly the royal involvement has been far and wide. I mean, we've we've always had a, a, a sort of a royal moment, many, many royal guests throughout the years. And I'm sure and I hope that that's something that does continue because it makes it all the more special um, but obviously all the focus like you said the tremendous winner of the uh, Prince's Trust Award is the real focus is on those incredible people and celebrating all that they have brought to their local communities and those organisations so um and it's on TV. It is on TV. Yes. It is on. There was a TV camera worryingly close to me, so I'm quite scared oh God, that I'm going to be. How many wines? Deep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite near the start of the evening, luckily, Perfect. and they kind of went over to the the proper celebs yeah, later on. It's a long I, evening. It's a very long evening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there was yeah. a lot of not all my table was drinking, which was a bit of a dangerous, <laughs> a dangerous thing. But it was so lovely. But yes, yeah, so that is on telly uh, in the UK on ITV on Thursday night, and I'm assuming it will go up to the on the. Uh, Oh, what's the ITV ITV player? ITV Hub. 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 You'll there we be go. able to catch loads of it, and there is loads of uh, content all over the yep. Mirror Online website as well. And if you uh, if you have spare moment, go and check it out. Yeah. And in the papers as well, there's lots of lots I've kind of, of looked papers. over shoulders of people in the office today, and there's lots of lovely spreads and. And it is something that sort of does transcend the media landscape, really, because we do. You know, there is a big celebrity. Oh, that's me bashing the mic. Sorry. There's a big celebrity element to it because we get a night of stars, and it's all about celebrating I have, you know hate that word but sort of in, in quotes ordinary people and then they come and they have a sh- tremendous evening with their their heroes I suppose and they get to have awards presented by them and meet their their uh, their, their sort of favorite pop stars and what have you so yeah it's um yeah it's just such a a, a really heartwarming event yeah so make sure you look out for that on TV tonight now unfortunately you know Pretty, oh, I've done it again. King Charles. Yes. Oh, well, dear. come on. We've got to get used to now. <laughs> Six weeks deep. I know, right. Now, King Charles had a very busy week this week because and we weren't expecting him to get the, you know, the big job of asking someone to form a parliament for him quite so soon. Obviously, the Queen uh, kind of asked Liz Truss to you know, form a government for her shortly before she died. It was yes. one of her last public engagements. So I think... Especially the Tories were probably hoping that Charles wouldn't have this, you know, job for quite so long. But this time he accepted Truss's resignation and met Rishi Sunak and asked him to form a government. Well, I mean, as I said at the top, there's a lot of people following this and we're becoming a bit of a joke on the international stage, unfortunately, aren't we? And certainly uh, I'm sure the King wouldn't have expected this to happen so quickly. Um, And within 44 days, um, just into her tenure, she has had to uh, resign because it's been such a disaster. There's plenty of other political podcasts that people (laughs) will (laughs) prefer listening to but um you know trust came in and she tried to rip up the rule book and people's mortgages have gone through the hill and we are going to real real suffer the uh disastrous and consequences of the decisions that she'd made in that very very short period of time so it has um, you know been decreed from the tory party that they basically sacked her she told her that the the road had run out already um she'd handed in her reg- resignation and of course goes through this whole piece of theater where she stands outside number 10 she uh she 
<clears throat> was, was was abjectly unapologet- unapologetic, which I thought was slightly ludicrous, but there you go. And then um, moving on from then, she getting, goes to see the king, she resigns, and then the king invites the new uh, sort of inductee, as it were, because he hasn't been elected. I mean, there's been said so much this week that he'd been elected to the role, but he was, of course, just chosen because it didn't go to the Tory party uh, members we still the electorate haven't had a chance to um make the decision ourselves so what are we on now we're in three prime ministers in yep. five months i mean it's just absolutely ludicrous so i mean there is a huge turning point for britain at the moment because we have uh the first non-white um that isn't the right is it because disraeli was it was was jewish yes. so we have the first british asian mp um and uh, or pm should i say mm-hmm. and now uh, it is a real sort of i suppose maybe a vehicle for change although you then look at it and think that rishi sunak is part of a family who are worth 730 million pounds and yep. how on earth is he going to push through some pretty stringent cuts one would imagine but uh this is all part of the fabric of politics and uh the royal family coming together because the queen um had 15 prime ministers and she was always able to sort of rely on her own um her own experience i suppose and their experience and sort of right the way back from churchill up to truss um she hadn't had an audience with uh with liz truss because she passed away two days after after meeting her and welcoming her into the role but um from her experience she was able to sort of give the a viewpoint of of the way that the world was and the pitfalls that she'd seen other previous prime ministers so it's going to be certainly um a bit of a, a roller coaster ride for King Charles, I suppose. But I imagine he would have spoken to his mother at length and and really gained the experience from her and uh, and been able to 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 rely on that council when now meeting his own prime minister. So, I mean, he comes into the job. I mean, both of them, but certainly the king comes into the job at such a turbulent time for the country because, you know, not only has his own family in been in turmoil, I mean, that seems to have died down a little bit. We're talking about streamlining of the monarchy, another couple of issues about councillors' estates, which we'll come on to in a bit. But um, he he comes into the, the role where the country and indeed Europe, I mean, we've got a huge war in Europe, um, the cost of living crisis all over the world. It's certainly going to um, affect Britain really heavily over the next few months and years, one would imagine, because of the level of debt we're under. And so how does he then um, mirror that with a modern monarchy of someone who lives in palaces and castles and flies private jets? And it's going to be quite a big task. And again, you've then got someone who is 74 years old um, is coming into a new role, a new job, and really wants to hit the ground running. And I think uh, they're both going to have their work cut out, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. Quite big intros, I think, for both of them in terms yes. of things yeah. to sort out. <laughs> yeah, definitely, big intros. Now, one thing that uh, Charles has done differently, we've noticed to the Queen, is that the Queen used to do these, you know, asking to form a government as well as her audiences in her private apartments kind of wherever she was staying but Charles has instead used the 1844 room at Buckingham Palace um kind of lots of discussion as to why this might be one of the kind of experts I saw believed it was because um you know that's still the Queen's area it might be a you know he's obviously not moved in to Buckingham Palace, whereas the Queen had living quarters there, whereas he's not doing that. But yeah, so that 1844 room is where he 
has done lots of his kind of other meetings where he's met other leaders and had guests. So that seems to be his kind of like office room, we think. Yeah, I think that's right. And of course, the Buckingham Palace is still undergoing a huge renovation project, a, a large large parts of it are, uh, are certainly off limits because of the uh, the building work that is ongoing and of course he isn't living there like you said so he's still uh, residing with uh, the Queen Consul at Clarence House um, which the Piper played outside he for the first did, time I this week he did I saw that if you yeah. haven't checked that out check that out on uh, on um, on social media I suppose on Twitter but I saw it because it's something that was um, quite s- significant within the Queen's funeral wasn't it and mm-hmm. we had that sort of the Piper walking off into the distance that beautiful the, shot that ended the West, the Windsor service, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and so the, you know, there are all this sort of the tapestry is being woven, I suppose, at the moment. And the reason why he's what a lovely way to put thank it. Thank you. And, I just, <laughs> and that's just off the top of my head. God, what, what what's next? And so, I think what is happening with his reign is that he's tr- he's obviously trying to to set his own stall out. He's obviously trying to be a, a little bit different, but without rocking the boat too much. And I definitely think that by um, welcoming, uh, I think he's uh, what's he done recently? He's met um, the ambassador of Guinea. He also met the um, he met the governor of Victoria, but that was actually a Balmoral. And there was something else about the Balmoral picture because he'd taken the green chairs out of the room. I have to try and find this. Oh, actually. I don't remember. Let me see this. if I remember right. So this was I'm dancing around it a little bit, but he met the um, the governor of Victoria at the Balmoral Library and he'd taken the green chairs that the Queen out but he put red ones in but still maintaining pretty much a lot of the decor so I think okay. that there's going to be these little subtle differences where you can say well this is sort of the King's way of doing things but he's also keeping the continuity of the Queen's reign and I think that that's quite important at the moment it's still quite early days I mean we're only sort of nearly seven, not even seven weeks into into his reign He's definitely going to want to um, to try and find his feet, as it were. And we were talking about re- upcoming royal tours last week, or maybe we've mentioned it. And there was definitely going to be a trip to France on the agenda, but that's now been delayed. I'm not too sure why, but I think it's just a matter of trying to get to grips with the with the. I suppose the the office of 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 what his role is about, and of course that the the the. Um, tumultuous times in, in government probably haven't helped all the planning and what have you so it's definitely a bit of finding your feet don't change don't rock the boat too much but definitely i think once we get into next year we will see exactly what king charles's reign really means because we will know or we will have had the first state visit well, yes. we're getting the state visit, which was the uh, the president of uh, South Africa is coming next month in November. Oh, of course. But that yes. was already in the pipeline. So that's sort of still happening. And I mean, he probably would have welcomed the president if the if the Queen was incapacitated already. So that's still carrying on from maybe plans that had been made. But we will see where he goes, what his first tours are, what his first... Um, big projects are because I said we you know I was in um when I spoke last week didn't we when, when I, the Queen Consul still went to the Booker Prize Awards will I mean he's spoken about he's got to stand back from certain things will he still keep certain commitments um I don't know we we are we are an open book at the moment now one of the engagements he's done which is a lot of fun and I kind of hope 
shows a bit some of the more light-hearted stuff perhaps he might do within his reign is he's making his, a little TV appearance, isn't he? So he is going on a very special episode of The Repair Shop. So this is a really popular British show which basically sees people take an item that's been, should we say, well-loved, Yes. You know, an old an yes. old piece of furniture yes, or a toy or something, and they get loads of experts in, and they kind of bring it back to life. So King Charles is going to be on there, and he's taking two items. Um, which, so a piece of pottery made for the Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, and an 18th century clock, which is exciting. So two nice kind of pieces of royal history. I should say as well, this show is actually on to celebrate the BBC's 100th birthday which is this week. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I've not had a chance to see it yet because it's on telly uh, this evening, as in Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. So, last night in yes. time. Time's been continuum. Yeah, but I've not had a chance to see it yet. Have you I managed have to get a clip? I've seen clips. I've seen some clips and I've seen that the fact uh, the um, the king, and he was the Prince of Wales at the time because this was recorded last oh, autumn. Oh, I didn't realise that. So, there is a bit of, again, more space-time continuum coming in. But, is, as you said, it's a centenary episode of the BBC, um, this pro special programme, and King Charles. Um, I mean, he's, he's actually he's actually really quite animated, actually, because he, he, you know, he's talking about these two sort of prized possessions that have been in his family for a long time, but also he says the suspense is killing me, and it is actually <laughs> a big um, emotional kind of programme because people bring in these... these um, I've always seen it when it's like a leather-bound book or it's an old yeah. car or so it's a something. rocking horse. Yeah, once. yeah, exactly. So and like really sort of ornate kind of antiques that hasn't, you know, hasn't been well looked after, and they restore it, and it's incredible, and it's you get the the, the real uh, emotion of the journey that these people have been on, and what it meant to them to to have this in their family and to have it restored, and the the um, the main presenter. Is a chap called Jay Blade, who chap called Jay Blade, who is just the uh, the personification of what it means about the, this um, this show. Um, but what I found most interesting, or, the, or one of the other clips I did see, is that the king goes on to sort of criticise the lack of vocational education in schools, and we're talking about apprenticeships. And this is something that he has really um, tried to um, get to grips with and try to. Foster through um, Dumfries House, for instance, through the Prince's Trust. He's been a huge, huge supporter in apprenticeships, and goes on to describe the, the sort of the lack of this vocational education as a as a great tragedy. And I definitely think that there is um, that is something that you know we talked to just sort of touched upon the fact that he, he he talks about his role changing, but surely that is something that he won't abandon. He's talked about the fact that. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's actually filmed at Dumfries House in Scotland, um, and the fact that he has supported those kind of programmes. And surely he won't abandon those because he's a big supporter in young people and about getting young people into into work, into something that they're interested in, and to trying to rescue them from um, from sort of. I suppose disadvantaged backgrounds, and and these are the sort of tools that people need, metaphorically and perhaps physically, to try and get them into uh, into g giving themselves a better start in life. And um, I think that he will continue that vein even um, as king. And as you said, this is so important because this is people, youngsters who perhaps don't fit into the traditional educational route in terms of where their skills lie. So you know, they don't want to do the sciences, the math, the English, those kind of things, and making sure they've got the opportunity to, you know, learn those skills so they're not just left behind 
because you know they can't do a math equation but they're extremely talented at something like carpentry and to make sure they've got those opportunities but I agree and because it's such a big part of what the Prince's Trust you know Prince's Trust it's does about, and work yeah, towards yeah. that hopefully that'll be something that he still kind of stays involved with so yeah during this visit and during the show uh, he Jay meets students from the Prince's Trust who are learning those traditional skills uh, blacksmithing and stonemasonry yes. um, which is yes, I so know that's a really stonemason do you? So I met a, st- a stonemason a friend of a friend and I was absolutely fascinated and he's worked on the Houses of Parliament he was he's oh. actually, he actually lives in Devon but he was here for about you know living for a few months and I thought what a fascinating job how did you get involved yeah. in that and he said it was actually through an apprenticeship oh, and these are the sort of his- historical crafts that we're losing so listen to King Charles he knows <laughs> what he's talking about yeah so can't wait to see that as I said that is on TV this week too so can't wait to see that now talking of tours uh, Princess Anne is away this week isn't she she is. I mean, hot on the heels of her her other trip to, to New York. We'd spoken. Oh, uh, yeah. we, we spoke. She's jet setting. Um, no doubt, carrying her own bags, flying commercial <laughs> to us. But she's gone this time with her husband. Um, as uh, Vice Admiral Tim Lawrence and this is in her role as patron of uh, Opportunity International and this uh, this group is uh, described as an organisation working to end global poverty and what Anne will be doing, she will be there to open the first commercial bank in the Nakaval Refugee Settlement and the reason why this is so interesting is because not only is uh, another member of the Royal Family getting out to, to Africa we just had uh, the Countess of Wessex in the DRC and in Rwanda. I think this is part of a sort of global view that the royal family definitely want to have. I wrote a story last week talking about the the fact that um, the king wants to... They've been dubbed the Magnificent Seven before, haven't they? Sort of uh, rather joyfully but um <laughs> i think that 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 is definitely part of the agenda let's get out let's hit the ground running let's definitely look at how we can have the most impact um doesn't need to be done with big fanfare all the time of course there will be um more tours than others by the very nature of you know William and Kate go to the United States or they end up going to Australia or, or wherever it may be, there is going to be an awful lot of attention, as there will be when the King um, and Queen... Are we dropping Queen Consort? I think, yeah. I know the times yeah, of the London. Times so I'm I'm inclined to do this. Yeah, I sure. don't think we're doing this at the Mirror just yet. I'm, it is part of the discussions. But Are we going to officially make, make the call? I'm sure <laughs> the subs will not, be really... I think that's <laughs> way above our pay grade. But... Um, I think, yeah, probably is time. I think the, mm. the, it doesn't seem like there's been much time has lapsed, but maybe enough time or there's a lot that's happened in that period. Yeah. It's still Queen Camilla, I think it sounds right. It's just Queen Consort, just do, Queen Consort Camilla just wordy, doesn't quite sound I mean, it's catchy. All a maybe the Queen Consort, but Queen Camilla yeah. works there when we you're go. writing I think, it. I think we've settled it. Anyway, we're We can it. tell we're the editors fine. not to worry. We've, all, we've fixed <laughs> yeah, the problem. We'll rip up the paper. Um, but I think there is a, you know, there will be lots of interest when they go to, for instance, the Caribbean, Commonwealth uh, realms as well. Um, I think that that's a big issue for the royal family, and certainly there will be a lot of attention to see what happens there after after um, 
the uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, as they were then known, went to the Caribbean. Um, but this, yeah, this is an interesting trip because um, she is going to go to um, a, a, a school for blind children in a place called Salamat because she is patron of Save the Children UK, and they are doing a lot of work in the region. Back to Anne now. Sorry, I'm jumping around a bit, but. Also visiting uh, another um, place in the Kiwali refugee settlement where they're going to be looking at refugee projects, which are sponsored by Britain. Also, um, there's going to be an HEV truck driver programme, which I found quite fascinating, actually. Yeah, me too. There was also always a lot made about the fact that the Queen could drive a truck and repair one in her time in the the armed forces. So um, I think hopefully this will get a bit bit of traction we'll we'll see some uh, we'll see some nice um nice things coming out of uganda and uganda is such a majestic majestic country i am very much looking forward to going back one day so hopefully um we'll get the invite i think this is a good example as well or it feels like it i know you said previously how tours are becoming kind of less general and more really hitting on in on the kind of interests and passions of each specific royal so now when we see Kate go somewhere she's doing very much the kind of early years stuff and seeing every engagement is so focused to something that Anne has worked really hard to kind of raise awareness for years so I think I'm really enjoying that seeing that side of tours of it being very specific I wonder as well the fact that she's such a trusted lieutenant of um of Charles and you 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 Again, coming back to this point of him saying my role needs to change and will he sort of be in collaboration behind the scenes almost uh, with with the other the other sort of Magnificent Seven of which I suppose it's Magnificent Six now, isn't it? Yeah. And so not that that makes any sense, but um, but will, will will he will will it sort of be in that sense a monarchy by committee that he he wants to try and still. Um, pay tribute and work with the organisations and the the issues that he was really passionate about, but trying to get um, other members of, uh, members of the family out there and working on them so those issues and, and charities aren't forgotten. I'm I I think that would be my my bet that, that there will be some form of collaboration going on. Now there's been a change for or no not a change sorry a challenging of yes. Harry and Andrew's roles, um, which. This is a technical one, so I'm going to pass straight over to you and not doing okay, it. So this well, is the no, yeah, yeah okay. the people that are kind of in that you know under the Regency Act, isn't it? It is indeed, and this has been discussed quite um, a lot over the last few months, I suppose, because when the Queen was in ill health, it became quite an interesting discussion point because the role of councillors of state is is normally um, something that doesn't necessarily have to be relied on but it is something to help the monarch in situations where they are out of the country or they become incapacitated and that's why it obviously came to the fore when the queen was unwell and certainly there were issues where the queen was um, unwell and Charles and uh, William and Kate were out of the country and at the time I think that there, there are four there is the, the spouse of the monarch and then the four uh, next see most senior royals over the age of 21 so at the time it was of course there was the queen and then prince philip and then when he passed away that was there was charles and then there was william harry and andrew and so what the issue is now is who will fulfill those roles of state and what does that mean that may may mean signing government papers it may mean looking at different bills when um 
when certain members of the royal family are out of the country or should become unwell and incapacitated. So it's definitely something that does need to be looked at. And if you want the technical terms, it is under the terms of the Regency Acts of 1937 and 1953. And as we get down to the detail, it is these can be appointed from the four most senior adults in the line of succession plus the consort of the monarch and today that of course means that it is Queen Camilla there's the Prince of uh, Prince of Wales which is Prince William the Duke of Sussex Prince Harry the Duke of York and Princess Beatrice so um what does this mean it means that it's uh, again why it has come into uh, the, the the sort of public consciousness over the last few days is because it was raised in the House of Lords and it has been essentially challenged. And what does this mean for King Charles's um, regency? Because will he want to change it? I'm hearing that no decisions have been made, but it's certainly on the cards. And palace officials are looking at how to change this uh, regency act um, with government ministers. And what that would do is essentially strip Prince Harry and Prince Andrew from being involved in affairs of state in the absence of the king or those other councillors of state. And why is this important? It is important because Prince Harry lives in California. He has chosen to leave his role within the royal family. He is no longer senior uh, working royal or even working royal. He's no, he's, he's no longer got any sort of affiliation in that sense with the family. And, uh, and Prince Andrew, well, he needs no introduction at all. He has left his role in complete disgrace and, uh, and again, still probably believes there is a way back. Um, but certainly not. So who does that leave it to? It's sort of then we're looking that um, he's probably going to have to draw on this wider pool of substitutes, and that uh, that which we know mean. he didn't want to do. You know, like one of his yes, big things, yeah, slimming yeah. down slimming the monarchy, down. is now finding found himself in a position where he yeah. does need these extra. Well, people. I suppose it isn't. It's it's probably a, a bit of necessity on this point because he. It, I mean, it, you know, let's say he's out of the country or unwell and then it falls to or, w- w- with let's say he's out of the country mm. with Camilla yeah. and the Prince of Wales is unwell so mm. who's next in line so Prince Harry yes obviously to... George Charlotte and Louis don't aren't 21 exactly. so I don't exactly. know if Louis would sit there quietly during a <laughs> some sort of government meeting and sign a document it but might be more fun yeah it would it might be more so fun. they're obviously out of it because it's 21. You're going to be 21. So who, what does that mean? That means that the Duke of Sussex would have to come over from California. Well, that is absolutely ludicrous because yep. he's not part of the, the gang, as it were. And yep. uh, and certainly the Duke of York is persona non grata. So he needs to be sort of elbowed out the way, I would imagine. So who is it going to fall to? Because um, technically it would be Beatrice and Eugenie, wouldn't it? Yes, yes. Well, Officially. Yes, it would be, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because, yeah, yeah, the 21 factor comes in again. So I think it, it must then come to, and we still don't know who, who it could come to, but surely it must come to uh, Princess Anne and, um, and then Prince Edward to conduct this sort of routine constitutional duties when he is out of the country. So will the two of them be sort of uh, exit stage left or will it just be one as in Andrew or Harry or whatever uh, who knows at the moment or will they leave sleeping dogs I, I don't think it will be the latter I've been told that there are definitely plans afoot Ooh, so, interesting. Um, so let's wait and see I mean it's, um, it's been it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one and certainly one that um well, I mean, it's been said that this is in the planning for the next few weeks, but to, to be honest, a week is a long time in politics at the moment, so it might take a, a, a couple of light years at this, <laughs> at this pace.
Now, we've also had another episode of Meghan Markle's podcast this week, and this one discussed the stereotypes facing black women on a daily basis in the entertainment industry. And this saw Meghan share a lot of her experience when she was auditioning. um, And apparently she was saying that she was also, you know, on the casting sheets you get and the description of a character, she always had to have an edge or with a bit of an attitude. Have you had a chance to listen to this episode yet? I haven't, and I've so I won't comment too much. But I have I've obviously seen the um, the commentary surrounding the difficult and particular lines, which I thought were rather interesting. And that I suppose that she, when when Meghan was labelled Duchess Difficult, um, she's now trying to row back on that. I mean, people can make up their own minds, can't they? I definitely understand what she was talking about, and I've 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 heard a few clips. I haven't devoured the whole um, the whole episode, but about this sort of the trope of the strong black woman and definitely the diffi- the difficult woman entering a, the conversation or a room and that how she felt that that was um, a stereotype, not an archetype, but it's a stereotype that has been um, fostered on, on a, um, uh, a section of society um, especially like black women and they, and they feel put upon and so one can definitely understand that and that must have been quite hurtful to see that. I mean, then on the flip side, you can make your own mind up from the uh, from the, from the countless articles and from the the issues that are at bay of um, of previous of staff who previously worked for her. But I definitely do think that she she she's speaking from her own experience, and that that needs to be heard, of course, because she was the one who was you know living that lived experience in the entertainment industry, and I can imagine it was um it was quite distressing at times. And she also revealed in this that she'd taken one of those, this is one of these words I can't say, genealogy Genealogy. Genealogy tests, which came out saying that she was uh, 43% Nigerian, which is lovely and she was very proud of. Have you ever done one of these tests? I'm not. I imagine mine of, oh, you have. I was so disappointed because I'm like 98% English. So boring. I know, but I was expecting for like, you know, to find out I had like, you know, a really interesting history yeah, and like yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah, different yeah. but no I think it's like in like 2% Welsh what? or something like that which was well, I imagine you'd have like a lot yeah, of Celtic blood so you've got sort of really strawberry blonde hairs yeah. Like, yeah. I imagine I'd be yeah my, my dad always said um, that there was some sort of um, exotic blood in the family but I doubt it very much. But my mum's side are all definitely Irish. I mean, mm. they're all like red haired and very, yeah. very, um, very pale. So, I mean, that's probably the most exotic yeah. I could, <laughs> from Cork or something. But uh, yeah, oh, I'd lo- I would like to do that. But forty three percent Nigerian. So, what's the other fifty seven percent? Did she did she not go into detail? She got you know no okay well interesting maybe maybe we'll do we'll do we'll do a live reveal yeah. like Jerry Springer <laughs> it's really interesting you just it's weird you just like kind of well, the one I did anyway you just literally spit in a pot and then put it in the post <laughs> my word I mean, it's like buying an acre on the moon or something it just that doesn't exist it's like yeah you're French or something yeah. okay now we've got we still haven't really seen too much of William and Kate because they are in half term mode but they are out and about next week aren't they they are they are in Scarborough I mean uh, I've never been to Scarborough I haven't been to Scarborough I'm not too sure whether I will get the um the uh the gig to be honest but um this is again um part of 
I think going back to basics almost because they are going to be in Scarborough launching a foundation or launching a fund to support young people's mental health in collaboration with the Royal Foundation. And of course, I think, you know, like we spoke about King Charles, not rocking the boat too much in these sort of tentative early days. And certainly they are going to be um, meeting local organizations that are benefiting from this funding we don't really know too much about it. it's going to be launched on the uh, on the day but um of, of course we know that big champions of young people big champions of mental mental health put those two together that is one of the bedrocks of the royal foundation creating this sort of long-term impact in the space and there's a lot of buzzwords being used but <laughs> i think uh you'll listen when they go to to town to costa uk there's there's definitely a lot of interest there is definitely a lot of um need for this type of work and um yes if you are if you are about in scarborough thursday 3rd of november is where you need to get down to so we will be covering that at length so watch this space now apart from kate and will's out anything else to look forward to or is it all top secret and well embargoed? i don't know i mean probably have another prime minister by this time next yeah, week maybe so, we could fit two in. <laughs> so i imagine um, it'd be a bit topsy-turvy it'd be nice to have sort of a, a few a few quiet days before we get into next week but um yeah no nothing on the agenda Nothing I can promise, anyway. Excellent. Well, fingers crossed it might be a bit Actually, no, lots to come, lots to come. <laughs> Tune in next week for loads more. I'm excited to watch the repair shop. Yes. That's, that'll definitely. be fun to see that kind of different side of Charles. I think that's going to be my big look forward to for the week. Now, thank you so much for joining me, Russ. And thank you to everyone for listening. As always, we are on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Podsave. And until next time. Podsave the King!